Hi, Raj. This is Brian of the Beach Boys. Uh, you've really been great to us in the past, and look, I'll I'll meet you <laughs> I'll meet you right up behind the, the station this Friday. All right? Well, right. <laughs> Friends, this is Wyatt Thunderberg, and I'm here with my good friend, fellow Beach Boys enthusiast, bandmate, and podcaster Jason Brewer. Hey guys, what's shaking? You're listening to Sail On, the Beach Boys podcast. This is our fifth episode. We're stoked that you guys have been listening and writing in and calling in. It's really been awesome hearing from everyone. We're going to start this week off with a little bit of news. Jason, what's happening in the world of the Beach Boys? All right. As of December 8th, as many of you are aware, because we tipped you off last week, you can now listen to Sunshine Tomorrow 2 and the awesome live Sunshine collections that just came out through Capital in every digital format you can imagine. Um whether it's Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Music, or any of the other fa- fabulous ways to catch streaming music out there, it is available. So, Wyatt, I think we've got what about 140 tracks to listen to if you put those two together. Yeah, it is a ton of stuff, and uh, I dug into the first part, the sessions this week, and it was great. And I can't wait to get deeper into it and start checking out the live stuff too. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up is I mentioned last week that Ken Sharp's great new book, The uh, Making of Dennis Wilson's Pacific Ocean Blue, called Dreamer, um, it was available for pre-order, but I see that a lot of people have started to receive that book. So probably a great thing to go to ken-sharp.com, order that book for yourself or for your Beach Boys loving uh, family member or friend. Make a great Christmas gift. Thanks for the updates, bud. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about Roger Christian and all of his contributions to the 60s surf and hot rod scene. But first off, we're going to play some voicemails that we got over the last week or two. Um, Just a couple that I wanted to highlight. The first one's from Garrett Cash. Hey, Wyatt and Jason. This is uh, Garrett Cash. I tried to leave another voicemail, but apparently I get cut off after three minutes, so I'll keep this one shorter. Um, I really discovered the Beach Boys when I was a kid, and um, my dad had this CD that was a greatest hits comp from the 90s, and it had a lot of the early stuff, a little bit of Pet Sounds, and pretty much No Brother Records stuff. Um, but I was really obsessed with it. I just loved it because it had that great um, you know, production sound, and the melodies were incredible, and the harmonies blew my mind, and Everything about it was just so fun and exhilarating, and it really captured the same thrill for me that later the early Beatles stuff had that I discovered. But um, I always, you know, liked looking at the CD and trying to learn more about the band. But the CD had no information on just you know promo pictures of the group, and I didn't know who anybody was, and I wanted to know who they were, but my dad didn't know who they were. He didn't know any of their names. 
Uh, and I, wa- I really wanted to know who the falsetto singer was on it because, you know, he was the guy I wanted to sing along with and he just sounded so great and kind of epitomized that sound to me. And for years, I wanted to know who he was. I, I had assumed it was actually Al Jardine just from looking at the pictures. That was my wild guess. Um, but of course, later, the, one of the first things I Googled was who sings falsetto on the Beach Boys records and it turned out to be Brian Wilson. And that kind of started my obsession with all things Brian. And, um, I've just, uh, it's brought so much joy to my life and I've learned a lot about him since then. And, you know, my dad and I now know who everybody is on the records and, uh, we love listening to them and I love the Explorers Club and it's so exciting to hear this podcast where, uh, we get to kind of dive into all things Beach Boys and California and surf music and all that good stuff. And I just love what you guys are doing all the time. Thank you. So I will say that Garrett, it's pretty amazing that, you know, Brian Wilson's falsetto vocal really drew you in because you knew nothing about the group. You knew had the no preconceived notions of Brian Wilson is a genius. And yet his amazing, beautiful voice just drew you in. And it, for all the, you know, magic that's in all the Beach Boys music, whether it's the arrangements, the sounds, the voices, what have you, just just the impact of his voice alone brought you in. And to me, that's just, just really incredible. And I really appreciate the voicemail. And I remember kind of feeling the same way when I was a kid, I was like, man, who's that guy singing all those insanely um, operatic and beautiful sounds. So I can definitely relate to that. Thanks Garrett. Appreciate you calling in. Next up, we have a voicemail from Sean Franklin. Hey guys, my name is Sean Franklin. Uh, I actually heard your show today for the first time. It's uh, December 2nd. And I have to say, I'm absolutely blown away by it. I think it's awesome. Um, basically, I have two favorite bands on the planet, and it's the Beach Boys and a band called The Residents. So it's great to have a podcast dedicated to one of my favorite bands. Um, basically, uh, me and my brother Mike have uh, known Beach Boys songs like, you know, when we were kids and everything, like, our aunt had endless summer and stuff like that, but it wouldn't be till 93 when uh, my brother turned me on to Smiley Smile. And it was like from that moment, a nuclear bomb went off over our heads and it was like, we've been obsessed maniacs ever since. Um, Till I Die, the ultimate version is my favorite song in the whole entire planet. And it has been since 94 when I got the landlocked bootleg for my brother Mike for Christmas. And my favorite my favorite album is Friends. Annalie the Healer totally rules. And anyway, I love your guys' production. I love your uh, smooth voices. And, uh, you know, no-nonsense crap. It's awesome. I love it. She goes awesome. I'm going to be t- uh, staying tuned all the time. And talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, fabulous. Uh, love that. Love that voicemail. Love the enthusiasm for Landlocked. Huge fan of Landlocked. Um, yeah. That was one of the first Beach Boys bootlegs I got. And, oh, man, I could talk about that for four episodes straight. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, Killer, How Smiley Smile and Friends and Until I Die, which are all things we've already kind of brought up a bunch already um, since the beginning of this podcast. So I know we're riding the same wavelength, brother. Appreciate the email and uh, break out landlock sometime soon and, you know, just just uh, vibe with it. Yeah, I remember um, finding, I didn't have a physical copy, but I had a downloaded version of Landlocked back in like the early 2000s. I think during like the 
Napster days or something like oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was super cool. And it had like that um, alternate Till I Die. And that also, to me, is one of my favorite Brian songs. And I still prefer that version to the album version. It also contained that incredible bit of uh, Big Sur. Oh, yeah. Cashmere hills filled with evergreens Flowing from the clouds down to meet the sea With a granite as a referee Crimson sunsets and golden dawns A mother dear with her newborn forms all Big Sur I've got plans for you. Me and mine are going to add ourselves to your leafy list of love. But yeah, so that so landlocked included um, also one of Mike Love's best compositions which is big sir the early version thank you guys for calling and leaving messages if you guys want to call us our number is in the show notes but it's 615-606-3887 and leave us a voicemail tell us what your favorite beach boys album is tell us how you got into the beach boys just tell us whatever you want Um, and if we like it we'll play it on the air all right so let's get into this week's episode we're going to be talking about the second of the Brian Wilson interlopers, if you will, um, after Gary Usher, we're going to be talking about Roger Christian, a.k.a. Hot Dog Raj, a.k.a. the poet of the strip. I like that one. Who uh, was born in Buffalo, New York in 1934. So in the late 40s, when he was only like 14, he hitchhiked all the way to L.A. because he was obsessed with cars and wanted to work and save up to get his own deuce coupe if you will a 32 ford and he worked as a dishwasher in long beach for months and was able to purchase the car for 375 bucks and even though he was unlicensed he drove the car all the way back to buffalo new york isn't that amazing that's intense man (laughs) so he at a young age was obsessed with all things hot rod and um would later serve him well as a songwriter um in 1955 the first year that the Top 40 radio format was established, he began broadcasting as Mike Melody on local Buffalo station WNIA. He moved between several other stations around Buffalo over the next four years, and then he relocated um, to California with his 57 Cadillac in 1959 at age 24, and he acquired a job in San Bernardino at a local station. From there, he moved to um a Los Angeles station, then out to San Francisco, and then eventually back to Los Angeles at KFWB. In the summer of 1960, Roger met our friend Gary Usher at dinner after a gig that Roger hosted. Gary was a drag racer and Roger was a street racer, and they both kind of just shared their stories and had a lot in common, but they didn't actually keep in touch. So later on, like jump forward to 1962, Gary introduces Brian Wilson to Roger in an attempt to impress both of them. And Roger doesn't even remember Gary Usher because it's been a year and a half or so since they've met. And Brian laughs at the whole situation. And Gary was pretty (laughs) upset about that, kind of embarrassed. But that's funny. um, 
However, uh oh, fire up, fire up the conspiracy, baby. There is an alternate version of the story, Jason. I'm going to register this on the charts as a possible. I'm not even going to go possible. I'm going to definitely say this is a Beach Boys conspiracy. So, what I've heard, and I've heard this story in multiple cases, and I remember reading Stephen Gaines' book, Heroes and Villains, as a teenager, and being super stoked on that book. And I heard the story there, and I've heard the story from, maybe in a documentary or somewhere else, but I've always heard that the way that Brian Wilson was introduced to Roger Christian was through Murray. And Murray has claimed that he was the one that called Roger after hearing him play 409 and explain some of the car terms. Roger actually said that it was a good song about a bad car. Uh, (laughs) And he said there was a much better car out there. Um, I don't have the number in front of me of that one. But he he said that 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 car was actually a much better car and that the 409 was kind of behind the times already. Um, but anyway, so he played 409 and Murray called, basically called the station and said, I'm the father of the beach boys. And he demanded to speak to Roger. And basically he was trying to replace Gary. Cause as we discussed in our Gary Usher episode, Murray was not a fan of Gary Usher. Um, so from, my understanding and the story I've always heard was that Murray basically concocted the relationship, A, because he liked his explanation, but Murray probably also saw that, you know what, this Roger Christian guy is part of a big radio station, a radio station that becomes very important to the Beach Boys and their success, not only in LA, but nationally. So I feel like if Murray had good cause to put them together, that certainly didn't didn't hurt that he was with KFWB. But anyway, so that is my submission to the Beach Boys conspiracy files. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the um, the former, where uh, Gary introduced Roger, but I can see Murray's story being true too. So it's hard to really say. I've heard it both ways from multiple people. So. Very interesting. And here's where our listeners come in. Hopefully we'll get we'll get a good email or a good phone call disputing whichever side you're on in this story. Or you can just yell at us on the phone. Either way. Yeah. Who do you think introduced Brian to Roger Christian? Is it Gary Usher or is it Murray Wilson? We'll take your calls off the air. So Brian and Roger become fast friends. They start writing songs pretty much immediately. Um Brian was looking for a new collaborator and someone who was really knowledgeable about hot rods. So it just worked out really well. The first words that Roger presented to Brian were a poem that he had written called Little Deuce Coop. Well, now I'm not bragging, babe, so don't put me down. But I've got the fastest set of wheels in town. She may be fine back for but I'll shut down any clown. Brian took the lyrics home and finished the song, and then 
he went together with Roger to Gary Usher's house and they played the song and Roger grinned the entire time. He wasn't the type of guy who hit his emotions well. He told Brian he had another lyric called Shutdown and Brian thought it was great. It was based on a poem that Christian wrote while he was in high school but had since updated it with the latest muscle cars. The super stock 413 cubic inch powered 1962 Dodge Dart and a fuel injected 1963 Chevrolet Corvette Stingray. I don't know what any of that means, but sounds cool to me. One of my favorite lyrics, my favorite lyrics in uh, in that song. It's kind of a tongue twister oh, when yeah. you get to it. Oh yeah. <laughs> One thing I was gonna say about shutdown, and this is opinion here. Not only do I think that the lyrics on Shutdown are a little stronger than 409, the production, as is the Surfing USA single, man, the production on that tune is a lot, is a big step up from the first two albums. So I think with the Roger Christian stepping in, I know that's just Brian's growth, but man, just a much stronger car song than the previous. In 1974, Brian said, uh, Roger was really kind of a guiding light for me. He'd get off at midnight. He did a show from like 9 to 12. We'd go to Aldo's and get a huge hot fudge Sunday, and we'd sit there for hours talking and writing lyrics. He and I yeah. must have written 15 songs. I think that's the awesomest thing um, about this relationship. I love these little story details. You just think about like Brian yeah. waiting outside the the studio, like on, you know, like Hollywood Boulevard. Um, with like a pen and paper, just like so amped for Roger to get off, so they can start yeah. writing lyrics. <laughs> and I and I I read somewhere that you know I, how many songs total are we looking at here with Brian and Roger? What fifteen? So yeah, said? around that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that according to various reports, according you know it's been suspected that they actually wrote about fifty together, but only wow fifteen emerged. Right. Shutdown was released as the B-side for the Surf in USA single, and it reached number 23 wow. on the Billboard 100. It did a lot better than 409. Yeah, so they were uh, really hitting on something here with the surfing side A and the hot rod side B. Yep. That was a common theme for them, and both sides did really well. Mike Love calls those double-sided hits. Yeah, they were really crushing with those in 63. Yep. A month later, coincidentally, the same poem was released as the song Last Drag, credited to Roger Christian himself on a single as the B-side of Big Bad Ho-Dad, which was released on a one-shot label called NBI by uh, Tony Butala of The Letterman. Um, Mm. So it was kind of a controversial time for Roger because he had these two songs out with both the same lyrics, (laughs) both written by him. One of them was... Uh, actually credited to him as the artist because it was a spoken word piece. Yeah, like it's kind of like an old trucker record almost. Out on the strip where the road is wide Two cool shorts stand side by side My raked in color and a stick 88 Revit engine while we wait. Yeah, 
I really enjoy it. I think it's, it's really, fun. Yeah, I didn't know really about cool. that until this week that we were doing this research, but I really enjoy it. Me either, and it just uh, it was quite an experience listening to it. I really dug it. Even right. One, both accelerate. My Chevy's light and the tires spin. That heavier Oldsmobile digs in. It's lake pipes thundering, the 88's churning. My Impala is squirreling and my tires are burning. It's got a little bit of a cinematic touch almost. Oh, for sure. It, 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 I mean, I it. It, it, it's like, you know, I'm a big fan of the American graffiti movie and then any of the, like, kind of rebel car theme things that came before it, but... I mean, that song, if you just, like on the spoken word version we were just talking about, if you listen to it, it's just such a dramatic, I mean, it's it's a music, it's a movie and a song, and I think uh, I can see why it charted a lot higher than 409, um, if you're just, we're just talking about popularity, because it's a brilliant, brilliant car jam. Roger Christian himself says, when Shutdown hit the charts, I heard from Tony, who released the Roger Christian single, Last Drag. He was going to sue the Beach Boys because they stole his song. Murray Wilson was a little concerned that if Brian wrote with me, there would be trouble. Brian and I wrote 16 songs in the course of two years. Then the threat of this lawsuit popped up, and then we never really wrote together after that. So again, I think Murray was pretty scared of any sort of legal entanglement and was on to the next one, as they said. In the summer of 1963, the Beach Boys released the Surfer Girl single, which had the B-side, Little Deuce Coop, the first song that Brian wrote with Roger. Again, another surfing and hot rod single. Little Deuce Coop reached number 15 on the Hot 100. It was a big hit. Love it so much. The Little Deuce Coop album featured a bunch of Roger Christian and Brian Wilson songs, including Ballad of Old Betsy, Car Crazy Cutie, Spirit of America. Just crushing it. No Go Showboat. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, not to get too much into it, because we're going to do a full episode on this album. Seven hour Um, episode. But (laughs) um, I do want to mention one of these songs because we brought it up last week, but uh, it's the song Cherry Cherry Coop. Rockin'. Which was, of course, um, a rewrite of the song Land Ahoy, which was an outtake from the Surf and Safari album. And a few of the songs you hear them say the word short or shorts. Um, shorts are just race cars. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It took like, me a while to figure that out. <laughs> I thought they were girls. <laughs> well, I always, I always thought, you know, when I was a kid, I remember hearing that 
what's a, I was like, what's a short? What does he mean? Is he talking about? A, <laughs> and, but at first, I thought he was talking about a motorcycle, because that makes most sense to me. But like, oh no, he's talking about basically a one-passenger race car. said it before and i'll say it again i love cherry cherry coop and i love the the chorus and i love the bass lyrics that mike sings on the chorus oh man um, those are incredible my cherry coop beats him up coming off the line and she really gets the so spark good. when she starts to whine it's just it's a tough phrase to say but he nails it and it's just like low enough in the mix where it's like what is he saying like what is that and it's just so like enigmatic and like really cool to me yeah, I mean, it makes it makes the chorus, which is kind of rudimentary if you just are singing the other part that the rest of the guys are singing. So Mike's counter melody, the bass line, is like, I don't know. If it's not there, it's not nearly as great. So Gary Usher and Capitol Records released a compilation called Shutdown in 1963, which was all Hot Rod songs um, featuring some of the Beach Boys Hot Rod songs at the time. And to kind of follow that up, in 1964, the Beach Boys put out Shutdown Volume 2. It's a, it's a cool kind of car slash, you know, love song compilation that featured um, one of the best Beach Boys songs, Don't Worry Baby, which Christian wrote the lyrics to. Fantastic. Amazing. We'll obviously spend some time with that later on. But um, also a really fun song that I enjoy called In the Parking Lot. Big time favorite. We're always first to hit the lot and wave to the man in blue. It's still so early in the morning, the grass is all covered with dew. She's turning on the radio dial. We can sit and listen for a while. In the parking lot was one of their songs. It was kind of one of their two-parter songs where you had, you know, an early example of Brian's writing things in sections musically because you have that intro that's very different from the rest of the song and the song changes moods a few times as you know you'll kind of maybe hear as we're playing it in the background yeah that's true it's kind of a it's kind of one of his early modular kind of compositions you know yeah um, which he'd explore more with like california girls obviously and good vibrations and and then obviously into smile yeah um uh, yeah, and that kind of brings up the point that I mentioned in our last episode that, you know, it's really amazing and going through all this early stuff, you see Brian kind of developing some of his patterns as a songwriter or, you know, some of the moods he likes to explore. And this kind of modular style is really kind of present in this early tune and in the parking lot. I love the little turnaround sections, not only musically, but lyrically, um, especially outside it could storm, but we'll still keep warm. That little part always stuck out to me. I really enjoyed it. Um, and here comes the news. There's no time to lose back into kind of the doo-wop section of the song. I always thought that was cool. Also in March was a single released by Paul Peterson 
called She Rides With Me, which was another Brian Wilson, Roger Christian song. And uh, the song is awesome. It really, really rocks. If you have heard any other Paul Peterson songs, this song blows them all away. So for an early Brian Wilson production, She Rides With Me has a lot of little innovations that obviously sneak their way more and more to the forefront of his productions later. But, you know, Wyatt and I were talking to him earlier about how, man, it's got those big bass and baritone saxes in it. It's got like a crazy Leslie vocal, background vocal, which is pretty early for that. What year is it, 64? Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty early for something like that, which like the Beatles and other bands like that would later kind of explore a lot more. But man, right on the forefront here, we've got, you know, Brian Wilson production with big kind of heavy low end, a Leslie vocal, which is pretty amazing. And then bringing the surf and hot rod and the Phil Spector worlds really starting to collide here, which he experimented with some other earlier stuff, but this is becoming more and more well-defined. So I think not a big hit, not a huge you know, impact on the cultural side of things, but for Brian as a producer, I think this is the uh, kind of a watermark early production. Um, another song that came out in March of 1964 was I Do by the Castells which was originally County Fair, if you'll remember, from Surf and Safari. Yep. And the Beach Boys recorded a version that was never released, but then a band called The Castells recorded vocals for the same track, and that was released as a single. the Castells version. Now here's the Beach Boys. So basically it's, you know, Brian's writing in a very specter mode. He's heavy, heavy into Be My Baby right here because Don't Worry Baby and I Do are both strongly, strongly tied. To the, and even his version of Why Do Fools Fall In Love, all recorded at the same time. Yeah. Just, just completely Brian is paying tribute to his hero, but making his own way through all of that. So... This is a great example of Brian at the height of his specterisms. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to do a full episode on um, Phil Spector's, you know, influence on Brian. I think that would be fun. Oh, man. I just, yeah, that'd be great. 
So at this point, Roger was not only writing great lyrics about racing and hot rods, but he was really branching out with, with Don't Worry Baby and I Do, like really becoming a great ballad writer as well. Yeah, he was really, it seems like he was really able to kind of bring out some of the, which obviously Tony Asher does at much greater length later on, to tap into some of Brian's melancholy, some of his emotions. So, you know, it's pretty interesting that, that I think Brian probably was able to get that out of him as much as he was able to get that out of Brian, as we'll see in a lot of his other collaborations. And for just being a year and some odd months uh, advanced from County Fair, this song sounds light years ahead as far as the production and the vocals and just everything about it. Um, I'm not sure really why the Beach Boys didn't keep it for themselves, but um, the Castells version is pretty cool as well. So this brings us to Jan and Dean. Oh boy. When Jan Barry of Jan and Dean heard Shut Down, he was immediately interested in working with Roger. I believe it was Brian that introduced them, although I think I've seen that Gary claimed that he introduced them as well. But Gary Usher and Janet Dean didn't really have a good relationship, um, nor did Gary have a good relationship with Bruce Johnston and Terry Melcher. They were kind of rivals, but I think Gary was, you know, kind of from a much different background, kind of a kind of a blue collar guy and both both Bruce and Terry were very Hollywood and kind of came from rich families so they they really didn't have a lot in common same with Jan and Dean too yeah um Jan Barry hit it off with Roger and kind of as Brian and Roger were kind of slowing down a little bit as writers and collaborators it kind of kicked into the next gear with Jan Barry and all the songs that they did together for Jan and Dean um Jandine obviously had a big hit with Brian Wilson's song, Surf City. But after that, they wrote some songs together, Wilson, Jan Barry, and Roger Christian, that are pretty great, too. The song Drag City, the song Sidewalk Surfing, which was just a rewrite of Catch a Wave, Move Out Little Mustang, Ride the Wild Surf, Surfing Wild, Surf Route 101, Dead Man's Curve, just lots of great tunes. There's a funny story about the inception of Dead Man's Curve, which was um, co-written by Artie Kornfeld, who uh, also ended up being the promoter for the Woodstock Festival in 69. Woodstock fame, yeah. Um, He claims that Brian and him were chilling out and trying out Brian's new Honda that the Honda company sent him as a thank you for writing little Honda. Uh, which was a big commercial tie-in. Uh, he said Brian was a lot bigger than what a 60cc Honda could handle. And I told him, Brian, you should slow down. As in Santa Monica, there's a lot of sand on the streets. We went over and the bike was torn apart. We carried half a Honda each, three miles, bleeding like crazy, to an open door in an empty house. We noticed a piece of blank paper on the piano, and Bry sat down, pulled up a chair, and I guess because of recent events, I wrote down the words, Dead Man's Curve. It's just ridiculous. There's no way this happened. Um, But yeah, so it's just this whole ridiculous story that this guy made up. I don't know what his actual part in it was, but um, it's pretty amazing. Some rock and roll legend right there, baby. The street was deserted late Friday night We were bugging each other while we sat out the light We both 
I think this story's been debunked several times by several people, but it's still really funny to think about Brian and this dude wiping out on Brian's little scooter, but I don't think that happened like that. It'd make um, a great, great episode of a TV show. The actual story that I've heard that is believable is that Roger Christian wrote the lyrics on a napkin and then accidentally left it in a restaurant and they had to go back and dig it out of the trash to find it because it was so important to them. Yep. A really cool song that Jan Berry wrote with Roger Christian is a song called Three Window Coop. Awesome. And while I really enjoy the Jan and Dean version, the song that Bruce Johnston and Terry Melcher did with the rip chords is my favorite, and it's my favorite rip chords recording. So let's get into that. I love the vocals on this. I think out of all the kind of Beach Boys copy bands that were around, the Rip Chords got it closest. And I think that's probably why they tapped Bruce Johnston to fill in Brian's shoes when Brian stopped touring. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big Rip Chords fan, too, and a Bruce and Terry duo record fan, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing I think that separates them from all the other Hot Rod Surf Beach Boy copy bands is definitely they, not only did they have the kind of rockin' element of the Beach Boys, but they also kind of tapped into the sweetness, and I think it was something they were drawn to and trying to match what Brian was doing. Yeah, they definitely had a little more authenticity in their sound than everyone else. And they were both more super accomplished musicians and producers, probably more so than anybody else of their competition. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, you know, it also shows that the Beach Boys appreciated what they did because they went on to work with both of them in different capacities. Obviously, Bruce joined the band and is still a member of the Beach Boys today. And they worked with Terry on several occasions. He played on Pet Sounds. He introduced Brian to Van Dyke Parks, actually. And much later, he produced uh, some of their 80s material, which uh, we really dig as well, believe it or not. Love it. One of my favorite Jan and Dean songs that happens to be a Brian Wilson, Roger Christian, Jan Barry, and Bob Norberg tune is New Girl in School. And it just kind of has some of the early late 50s early 60s doo-wop kind of feel going on kind of like the earlier jan and dean before they tried to be a surf band record it has a little bit of that going in but i think vocal production it's one of their strongest tunes and just one of i don't have a lot of technical things to say about this song other than when i hear this tune i crank it way up in my car the chicks are jealous of the new girl Papa do run, 
run, they run, they do run, they run, they do run, they run, they. When I was getting deep into the Beach Boys as a teenager, I found a Jan and Dean compilation on CD that I bought, and I listened to that thing a good bit because I didn't even know at the time that Brian Wilson wrote some of these songs, but these were the songs that kind of stuck out to me. The New Girl in School, um, Mm -hmm. Surf City, and um, I recognized Sidewalk Surfing, um, but those songs stuck out to me, and it's cool later on to find out that Brian had a big hand in them. And also Brian's roommate, Bob Norberg. That's really cool as well. Yeah, and, and you know, purely opinionated here, Beach Boys fans and listeners, but I think the best of Jan and Dean definitely had to have that Brian Wilson element. I think he brought the best out in that duo, and my and, and I'm with Wyatt on this. A lot of my favorite tunes that were Jan and Dean songs from the their hit era had Brian involved. So that's uh that's my two cents on that. Right now, I don't see us doing a full Jan and Dean episode, but if you think we should, if you really would enjoy it, let us know. It's possible we could do that. Um, there's definitely a lot of material, um, and there's definitely some stuff that we could really dig into deeper, but this is a Beach Boys podcast, so we're trying to keep it kind of as related to the Wilsons as we can for now. You know, one thing that is Beach Boys related and Brian Wilson related with Jan and Dean is all of Dean's great artwork that he did for the Beach Boys, Wyatt. Obviously, some of you might know, Jan Jan Barry was in a really bad car accident in 1966, and he was um, in a coma for months, and he never fully recovered. Um, And Dean kind of got back into one of his first loves, which was graphic design, and he designed a ton of album covers that you've probably seen with his company. Um, He did covers for Harry Nielsen, The Turtles, The Everly Brothers, Sagittarius, which we talked about, is a Gary Usher project. Um, Terry Melcher's solo album, and of course, on some Beach Boys records that we love, um, Love You, M.I.U., and um, 15 Big Ones. He actually designed the logo that they still use today from 15 Big Ones, the kind of like neon sign logo. That's actually a uh, Dean Torrance design. It's pretty awesome. Thank you, Dean. Yeah. Um, he also did Dennis's album, Pacific Ocean Blue, and the Gosh, Mike Love fa- Project Celebration. The Dennis Wilson album cover is one of my favorite. It's it's so basic, but man, it's a great photo of Dennis, and the, the font and the writing are just, it just fits that record so much. Because to me, as a person who loves to look at the album covers and when I hear the music, I see the colors and the things that are in the album cover. So you got to have a great album cover. And I think that Dennis Wilson one is so key to the, to the record really is super important. One last Jan and Dean, Roger Christian song that I wanted to talk about was off their 1965 album called folk and roll. And it's called, I can't wait to love you. And it rules. Yes, you.
it's interesting with that folk and roll record you bring that up i mean there's a couple of turtles covers birds covers and beatles covers on that record so they definitely were trying yeah. to em- embrace and adapt but it's it's cool that they brought their old buddy raj on for the ride one more time yeah and unfortunately this was right before jan had um, that terrible accident so that was kind of the end or the beginning of the end for jan and dean and their relationship with roger christian um but another relationship that roger had that was also very um prolific was of course his relationship with gary usher if you haven't heard our gary usher episode you probably want to get into that first because we're not going to get too deep into it um but just know that Gary Usher was a huge player in the surfing and hot rod band scene in 63, 64, 65. Um, he produced a ton of records for a ton of groups and wrote a ton of songs with Roger Christian doing the lyrics. Um, they put out the shutdown compilation in 1963, which featured several songs that Roger and Gary wrote. Um, they started working on the beach movies that were so popular in the early 60s roger originally wanted uh brian to work on them with him but he was busy touring so he asked gary and they started off as extras on set actually and lied about their ability to surf and they got uh kind of found out because they were terrible surfers they were out there for (laughs) hours in the cold water um trying to surf for a scene and I don't know if this scene exists in the movie Beach Party, but if it does, I'd love to see it. Gary Usher and Roger Christian out in the water, like surfing really poorly <laughs> in the background. Um, yeah, that's got to be um, pretty great. What they were there for really was to contribute the music and write and produce the original songs for the movie. Um, and they said that while they were on set as extras, they would sneak off and hide in uh like these big rocks or just areas in the on the set where they could write hot rod lyrics and they were just it i love that story because it just shows how like it just shows the work ethic of these guys that they were just ready to crank out these songs they went on to do several movies as well um beach party beach i'm sorry Beach Party, Muscle Beach Party, which um, we talked about a little bit before. That's some Brian stuff on there. Yeah, so um, Roger Christian, Gary Usher, and Brian wrote the music for that. And uh, we played a little bit of Muscle Beach Party in our Gary Usher episode, if you want to check that out. Um, Also, Bikini Beach, Ride the Wild Surf, Beach Blanket Bingo, Ski party, beach ball, which I talked about a little bit seeing, mm-hmm. and w- was my introduction to the band, the Hondells. The Hondells, which I mentioned earlier, were a studio project by Gary Usher, put together after Gary had some success with some other motorcycle songs. And they were actually put together just to put Brian Wilson's little Honda on the map as a single for themselves. They also had a song that I really liked called You're Gonna Ride With Me that Christian provided the lyrics to. Oh, well, I'm all tuned up and I'm ready to go. My back is running fine. Now forget about your hair. Let's make it on out because we're wasting time. Now if you're gonna get scared because we take a tight turn, this is no place to be. You better hang on tight because today you're gonna ride with me. 
Roger and Gary wrote a ton of songs together, and there's no way we can play all of them or talk about all of them right now. But um, if you're interested, please check them out. There's um, a group called the Kickstands, the Superstocks, um, the Challengers. Um, I think you know one that I'd like to touch on is a group called the Knights. They do a song called Hot Rod High. Love it. And I really dig this song. It's Gary Usher, really, with some studio musicians. He was known for putting together these bands that were nothing more than him plus some of his buddies and just calling it, you know, some band name just to kind of try and like see what sticks. He was just constantly putting out records for several different labels. He was a machine. Yeah, he really was. Now you losers scram Got no time for tests or a school book exam All the kids know we're the coolest around Cause we got the best rock in any town Now early in the morning we go screaming by Loaded up with chicks in front of Hot Rod High We're gonna tag it up in the parking lot cool thing that i do enjoy about when gary usher sings is that he has like kind of a neat little twang in his voice and you can kind of always pick it out one thing i mentioned in the earlier episode we did about gary usher which all of you need to check out if you haven't yet is he was definitely for even from these earlier compositions he did with brian into later days when he did those amazing country rock records with the birds the country thing and the twangier vocal and the twangier delivery and even like just a little more country and western influence in his productions compared to the rest of the surf guys so you hear it early on whether it was intentional or not he definitely leaned that way and then you hear it come full force in his productions amazing productions he did with the birds the one other interesting gary usher and roger christian project was an album called The Beatles Story put out uh, by Capitol. It was a kind of a documentary album that Roger Christian narrated, produced by Gary Usher, and it had like some Beatles songs done kind of in an orchestral fashion. Um, I wasn't able to find it online. Um, I know that it's been released on CD, but um, if you've heard it and think it's cool, let us know. I I'm mildly interested in it because I am a big fan of the Beatles and would like to hear their take on it. Um, they also put out a song called The Beatle, which I think Usher just did on his own with Christian writing some lyrics. But um, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, check it out. I think it's on YouTube. But um, it's another kind of uh, it's another kind of so- like fad song that they were trying to capitalize on, trying to make some money. But I don't think it did very well. I think the last thing that I could find in the Roger Christian discography would be this garage band from Colorado called the Moonrakers. He did a few singles with them, and uh, it, they were more of a garage rock band from 1966. And I think after that, I had a hard time finding anything else that he had worked on. I think he kind of just stuck to the DJing at, after that. Did you find anything else? No, I, I feel like he just had gone back into the the DJ world and, and, and being that, you know, I think he produced some kind of like these things became popular in the mid to late 70s. I think he definitely did some 
what like radio documentaries and things of that nature um so i didn't as you're saying i i couldn't find much more information past the mid-60s with his uh, lyrical work seems that you know he got back into the radio world and that's where he stayed for the rest of his career yeah um but man what a great collaboration he had with brian for that year and a half or so they put out some great songs some of the best of the era for sure with don't worry baby and yep. um, little deuce coop the thing i wanted to point out as we've been going through this episode and we touched on this and gary usher and then all the other stuff we've talked about is if you look at you know brian's relationship to gary brian's relationship to roger brian's relationship to bruce and terry a big part of their early career revolved around the brilliance and the future brilliance and potential they all saw in Brian Wilson. And they wanted to ride that wave and do what he was doing and what he, where he was innovating. And, you know, he came in and obviously these people influenced Brian, but I feel like at the center of it all and the genesis of all this stuff, it's, you know, it's the genius of Brian Wilson and they knew it and they knew, man, we want to either be like him or we want to try our best to work with him so that we can be a part of what they knew was special and magic. Well, thanks for tuning in again here, guys, to the Ceylon podcast. We had a lot of fun this week. Um, next week, we're going to do an episode on the Surfing USA album. Oh, yeah. I'm really Love stoked it. about that. Man, Get it's it. a it's a big jump ahead in the Beach Boy sound in some regards, which we will touch on. I'm excited. Yeah, and I think that will be our last episode of 2017. We'll be back first thing in January, so stay tuned. Check out our website, sailonsounds.com. We have a tribute band, and we're playing tons of shows next year, so see if we're coming near you and come see us, come say hello. Um, our email is sailonpodcast at gmail.com. Our phone number for voicemails is 615-606-3887. As always, our music is by Will C. You can find him at willcmusic.com. For Jason, this is Wyatt saying, Sail on, sailors.
Hi, Raj. This is Brian of the Beach Boys. Mm. I'd like to thank you for playing... Shut up, Mike. I'd like oh. to thank <clears> you for playing all our records in the past, especially our new one, yeah, Dance, you, Dance, Dance. Al, the gong. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Wait, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs>